Thank you for downloading the Two Cities Church podcast, where we are pushing back darkness by spreading the good news of King Jesus. And now, here is this week's message from Pastor Jeff Struker. By almost any measure, the brilliant musician by the name of Claude Debussy was a musical genius. Now, he lived about 150 years ago. He was born to a middle-class family in France. Listen to this. By the time that he was 10 years old, he was so gifted that his parents uh, uh, applied, and he was accepted into the French Conservatory, the greatest musical school in the entire country for adults. He shows up there at 10 years old. He studies under some of the most brilliant minds in the world at the time, and Debussy mastered classical music. He got so good that he decided, you know what, I think music is missing something. And so he started to think, you know, maybe we can do more with the art of music than just tones and harmonies. Maybe you can actually create music that will move a human being, bring emotion into a person's life, Debussy is credited as creating an entirely new style of classical music. His professors scorned him for this, but many people stood up and started listening to this brilliant musical mind. Chances are everybody in this room has heard a couple of his famous pieces of music. What I want you to do is I want you to hear one of the most famous musical compositions from Claude Debussy. The introduction is called, the introduction to a piece called Claire de Lune. Before I start playing this though, I need to be very quiet. In fact, I need all of us to be very quiet because you need to understand what he's trying to do with this song. He made the statement, And I'm going to quote him here. He said, music is not the notes. Music is the silence between the notes. And when that silence is done well, it can evoke emotion. So I'm going to pause. If you're listening to this and you're driving right now, if you're watching this online, our internet didn't just go down. I'm going to pause and be quiet for a few seconds before we start the song or start the, the piece, Claire de Lune by Claude Debussy. And I'm sure YouTube is going to love this in just a second. But let me stop talking, and I want you to listen. Claude Debussy realized that without the silence, the notes lose their significance. But when the silence is used perfectly, that soft piano can be just as powerful as crashing cymbals and as banging drums. And and Debussy realized that we all need, listen, I hate this as much as you do, but we all need these moments of silence in our life because these moments of silence force us to lean in and to listen harder. We need moments of silence in our relationships. We need moments of silence as much as it's uncomfortable 
in our relationship with God because it's those silent moments that force us to strain to hear the voice of God. And I just want you to understand where we're going to go with this sermon today, church. Just because you're not hearing from God doesn't mean that he's not active, doesn't mean that he's not at work. I don't want you to ever make the mistake of viewing God's silence as scorn. When you don't hear from him, it doesn't mean that he doesn't care. It doesn't mean that he's not at work. And today, from the Bible, we hear the greatest silence this planet has ever experienced. We're in Genesis chapter 8, and in just a second, we're going to learn what Noah learns from the silence while he's floating on a boat and he's waiting. I am convinced he is longing to hear from God and weeks or months go by and Noah hears nothing. And it's in the silence that Noah is forced to lean in and listen. And anybody in this room who's ever prayed their guts out and you are desperately longing to hear something from God, but it feels like he doesn't even know what you're saying or he doesn't even care what you're saying, this sermon is for you today. So here we go. We got a whole lot of ground to cover. We're gonna try to tackle all of Genesis chapter eight today. First thing that I want you to hear from the Bible is God remembers despite your silence. If you're praying and you're hearing nothing but silence, it doesn't mean that God has forgotten you. It doesn't mean that God doesn't care. Just like relationships with a friend or a spouse, sometimes the most important words are what doesn't get said. They could be said, but you chose not to say them. It's those words that are much more powerful to bless a person and build up a relationship than what does get said. Genesis chapter 8, we're going to start in verse 1, and here's what the Bible tells us about Noah at this moment. God remembered Noah. Will you say these two words out loud? God remembered. Go ahead and say it out loud. Now, I need you to say it if you're at home like you really believe it. Say it one more time. God remembered. God remembered Noah as well as all the wildlife and all of the livestock that were with him on the ark. God caused a wind to pass over the earth. And the waters began to subside. The sources of the watery depths and the floodgates of the sky were closed and the rain from the sky stopped. And the water steadily receded from the earth and by the end of 150 days, the water had decreased. Now, if you're doing the math right now, we're racking up the time. The water had decreased significantly, and the ark came to rest in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, on the mountains of Ararat. Where is Mount Ararat? I have no idea. We don't know. We don't need to know. Last week, if you were with us, Pastor Troy preached a one-off sermon from Isaiah 6. He was challenging us. He actually challenged me to live your life last week so that Jesus would get a return on his investment, the one who gave himself up for you. Before that sermon, two weeks ago, when we left off, the end of Genesis chapter 7, Noah has built a boat gathered the food, gathered the family, got on the boat, and then God shut the doors of the boat and it started to rain. And I mean, rained 
for 40 days and 40 nights. God made the ocean aquifers burst forth and the entire earth up to the top of Mount Everest was completely covered with water. That's where we left off two weeks ago. And now Noah is out there floating. And what I tried to describe for us two weeks ago is the terrifying, horrifying silence that Noah would go through at this moment. You do realize that absolutely nothing on planet Earth, unless it lives in the ocean, is alive right now except what's on that ark. Which means all the scratching at the door has gone silent. All the screeching of the birds and animals has gone silent. All the screams of Noah's neighbors has gone silent. There is nothing but total deadly, and I mean this word literally, silence at this point. And Noah is bobbing along on the ark when Genesis tells us that God remembered him. Now, the guy who writes this book in the Bible, his name is Moses, and Moses is using this phrase very deliberately, very intentionally. He wants us to know what's happening between the end of Genesis 7 and the start of Genesis 8. Noah is out there, and he sees nothing but water and has experienced nothing but death. And Noah is wondering when God remembers now, the fact that God remembers Noah is the Bible's way of telling us that God knows what's going on, God cares what's going on, and even if Noah is praying and he's not hearing any answers, it doesn't mean that God has forgotten Noah. I need you to understand this, church. When you pray and you're not hearing the answer from God, when you want to hear it or the answer that you want to hear, it doesn't mean that God doesn't care. It doesn't mean that God is angry with you. It just simply means that God may be working behind the scenes in your life like he worked behind the scenes in Noah's life. Because you know that word wind that we just saw in the Old Testament? That word wind is the word for spirit, the spirit of God. Listen to this, Genesis chapter one, that was hovering over the waters, blowing over the waters on the first day of creation. That same spirit is at work around Noah right now. And the spirit starts to blow over the waters. And now the waters start to go down. And Noah comes to rest on this mountain called Ararat. But did you know that when Moses uses this phrase, God remembered? It actually means that God showed mercy to Noah. It's the exact same phrase that Moses uses about this mother, Sarah, who wants desperately to have a baby and prays her guts out to have a baby, but for years, for decades, gets no answer from God. It's the same phrase that the Bible uses to describe a woman by the name of Hannah who is so desperate for a baby that she looks like a crazy woman when she's praying her guts out in the tabernacle asking God for a child. It's the same phrase that the New Testament uses about this woman named Elizabeth who desperately wants a child. And then the Bible says God remembered their prayers. God had mercy on their prayers. And Elizabeth, Hannah, Sarah becomes the mother that we read about in the Bible because of those months or years of praying their guts out and getting nothing but silence from God until 
God remembers. And for some of you out there right now that are really going through it, and I mean it's rough in your marriage, it's rough at work, it's rough at home, everything is brutal, and it's nothing but obstacles, just because it's hard doesn't mean that God has forgotten you. Just because you don't hear an answer doesn't mean that God doesn't care. At the end of his life, one of the most popular names on the planet was Walt Disney. Did you know that when Disney first started out, nobody would give him a job? Nobody believed in him. In fact, he got turned down and he got disrespected for years before he drew this little comic book about a comic strip about a mouse and named him Mickey. And then Walt Disney became one of the most successful entertainers of, the, of, the, uh, of his age. Well, listen to Walt Disney's uh, description of what those years were like. He said, all of the adversity that I've had in my life, all of the troubles, all of the obstacles, those things have strengthened me. Listen to Walt Disney's words. You may not realize it when it happens, but a kick in the teeth may be the best thing in the world for you. And I'm talking right now to somebody who's just been kicked in the teeth in your marriage or at the job or in your personal life. I want you to remember the promises that God makes for his people. Deuteronomy 31, no matter how bad life gets, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You can take this to the bank, even if you're hearing silence right now. Don't mistake it for my scorn. I still love you, and I still know what's going on in your life. And church, you missed a great chance to say amen or hallelujah to that one. So let me just remind you, his spirit is working behind the scenes, even in ways that you don't know, even in ways that you don't see. His spirit is at work sometimes we miss the answer to our prayers. Look up here for just a second. Because we're looking in this direction for the answer, and God is answering it in this direction, and we don't even notice that it's happening because we're looking in the wrong direction. Just because you're not getting the answer you expect doesn't mean that God isn't at work. Just because you're not hearing it when you expect to hear it doesn't mean that his spirit isn't at work behind the scenes. And I am 100% certain if you're struggling and you're a child of God, his spirit is at work. You just might not see it right now. But at the perfect time, you will. Because that's exactly what's happening to Noah right now. Let's pick the story up in verse 5. The waters continued to recede until the 10th month. In the 10th month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were visible. Noah was like, hey, honey, come over here and check this out. I think I can see mountaintops now. After 40 days, Noah opened the windows of the ark that he had made, and he sent out a raven. Now, pay close attention to what you're going to hear next, because Noah doesn't own a drone, so the best that he can do is doves and ravens right now. He sent out a raven, and it went back and forth until the water had dried up on the earth. Then he sent out a dove to see if the water, if, to see whether the water on the earth's surface had gone down. But the dove found no resting place for his foot. It returned to him in the ark because the water covered the surface of the whole earth. He reached out and brought it into the ark to himself. So Noah waited seven more days 
And he sent out the dove again. And when the dove came back at evening, there was a plucked olive leaf in its beak. Do you want to know the spiritual significance of the olive leaf? So do I, because I have no idea what the deal is on that, other than it just started to grow close by the ark. So Noah knew that the water on the earth's surface had gone down, and he waited another seven days, and he sent out the dove, but it didn't return to him again. In the 600th year, in the 601st year, in the first month, on the first day of the month, the water that had covered the earth was dried up. Then Noah removed the ark's cover, and he saw that the surface of the ground was drying. By the 27th day of the second month, the earth was dry. This is months and months on the ark, what we're reading right now. The wind blows. The Spirit of God is blowing across the earth. It's blowing for Noah, but Noah doesn't see that happening. All Noah can do is look around him. Eventually, a mountaintop appears. But I am convinced Noah wants off of this boat. Noah is praying his heart out to get off of this boat, and Noah is hearing no answer. He wants off of this smelly boat as fast as he can. That's why Noah starts to send birds out because I don't own a drone and I got to figure out if we can get off of this ark. Don't miss this church. Lean in. Every time Noah sends that raven out, when that raven comes back to him, it is soul crushing for Noah because it means another day on that boat because there's no place to get off of the ark and onto dry land. Every time he sends it out, I am convinced Noah wants desperately to get off this boat. So when that raven flies back to him, Noah is totally dis disappointed. Any, ever happened to anybody else in this room? You have prayed your guts out to God for him to step in when you have a son or a daughter that's going off the rails and turning their back on everything that you hold dear. But no matter how hard you pray, nothing is changing. You prayed for that dream job. And no matter how hard you prayed, nothing happened. You prayed for God to step in and God to move in a powerful way for somebody that you love when they were sick and it didn't go that way. And you know exactly what this feels like to Noah. When that bird flies back and Noah realizes it's another day on that ark. Another day of waiting to get off of the boat. And I'm convinced there's a point where Noah says, boys, I can't take this anymore. You got to open the sunroof so that I can see the sunshine and at least figure out what's going on around us. And still, Noah is on the ark. You realize that at this point, Noah still hasn't opened the doors to the ark. All of those animals, insects, birds are still on that ark, even though it's sitting on dry land, even though the dove has flown away and it didn't come back right now. Noah is experiencing the pauses in God's masterpiece. Noah, like you, are forced to lean in in the silence and listen harder for the voice of God because I'm praying my guts out and I'm hearing nothing right now. And it's those silent moments that force you to really lean in, to really wait, to really hunger from what, uh, to hear from God. Maybe God is not silent. Maybe God is actually working in very powerful ways and you and I don't even see it because we're looking in this direction and he's working back here in this direction. 
And it's not until he turns our focus, turns our attention, that we actually see he's been working all along. Noah is stuck on this ark. Many of you know my family and I just got back from a short vacation. We were on a long plane flight. And I was thinking, being on this airplane feels a little bit like being on an ark. I don't control when this thing takes off. I don't control when this thing lands. I have no control over the route that this thing takes. I don't even get to decide when the door is closed and when the door is open. Somebody else makes all of those decisions for me. I just sit on an airplane and wait for it to end up where it's supposed to end up. And that's exactly what's happening to Noah. God tells Noah when to get on the boat. God even closes the doors and God forces that ark to go where God wants it to go. You do realize that there's no sails, there's no rudder, there's no steering wheel on this ark. That ark goes where God wants it to go. And Noah doesn't get a chance to leave the ark until God says it's time to leave. And at this point in Genesis 8, Noah is stuck on the ark. And maybe God is actually working very powerfully behind the scenes in your life. And you just don't see it because it's not time for you to see it yet. Maybe God is really at work in your life. And your job is to trust him. So I got a couple of yes or no questions to ask you, church. I want you to answer these questions out loud. I'm not going to make fun of you, but I do want you to be honest with yourself, and I want you to be honest with God. When life isn't going the way that you think it should go, when it's not happening, when you want things to happen, will you trust that there is a steady hand at work holding the wheel and directing your life? Will you trust that the Holy Spirit of the living God is still at work even when you don't see it, even when it's not going the way that you want it to go? Yes or no? Will you, this gets harder, so stay with me, will you continue to trust the spirit of the living God when the journey gets bumpy and now it starts to look really difficult or really dangerous? Will you still trust him then? Okay, now it just gets really hard. Will you trust him tomorrow that he directs where you go? and what you do, and how it turns out. You don't control it anymore. The spirit of the living God is in charge. Do you have the Noah kind of faith to put that kind of control in God's hands? Yeah, because that's the challenge when God is silent. All of us want to step in, push him off to the side, grab the steering wheel, and decide what happens with our life tomorrow because I'm not hearing anything from you, God, and I want to hear from you. I actually want to trust you, but I'm not seeing the signs that make me believe that you're at work. And it's in moments like that, even when the route gets a little bit bumpy, that trust in God takes great faith. That's exactly where, Mo, or where Noah is until the perfect moment. If you really believe that everything in the hands of Jesus is perfect, then you also have to believe that his timing is perfect and that Jesus will step in in your life at the perfect moment. And all of that silence has just been leading up to this perfect moment where Jesus is now ready to step in and to speak, step in to, and to move, to break the silence and to move in your life 
like he does in Noah's life. Here's how Genesis chapter 8 ends. Then God spoke to Noah after, look up here, 371 days on an ark surrounded by water and death and animals. After 371 days of praying your guts out, longing to hear from God, but hearing nothing. After 371 days, then God spoke to Noah at the perfect moment. And he said, come out of the ark. You and your wife, your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out all of the living creatures that are with you. Birds, livestock, those that crawl on the earth. And they will spread over the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah, along with his sons, his wife, his sons' wives came out. All of the animals and all of the creatures that crawl and all of the flying creatures. Everything that moves on the earth. Everything that wasn't in the, in the water is a, that's uh, on that ark. All of that stuff comes out of the ark by their families. And the first thing that Noah does, now that God has remembered him, is remember God. Noah built an altar to the Lord. And he took some of every kind of clean animal and every kind of clean bird and he offered offering, burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, you need to thank God for what Noah did because when the Lord smelled it, the Lord said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of human beings, even though the inclinations of the human heart is evil from youth onward. And I will never again strike down every living thing as I have done. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night will not cease. The reason why it's cold in the southern hemisphere and warm in the, in the northern hemisphere is because of God's promise to Noah and all generations after him. I'm not going to do to any other generation what I did to Noah's generation. At the end of verses 13 and 14, three times the Bible tells us the earth is dry, the ground is dry, the land has dried up, but Noah is still on the boat. And he stays on the boat until the perfect moment when God says, okay, Noah, 371 days on this boat is long enough. Go ahead and open the doors and let the birds and the insects and the animals out. You and your family can come off of the ark because I've made everything dry. And I was working behind the scenes and you didn't even know it, Noah. And now Noah offers this sacrifice Noah offers this very powerful sacrifice. God hears it. God smells the, burnt, uh, the, the aroma from the burnt offering, and God decides, I'm never going to do again to any other generation what I did to Noah's generation. The reason why you and I are alive today, the reason why every living thing on the dry land is alive today is because of Noah and this sacrifice. And God speaks to Noah after more than a year of silence. And God tells Noah, okay, now's the time. But not only does God speak to Noah, God speaks to himself and he makes a promise. You can take this to the bank. I'm going to cause the crops to grow. I'm going to cause the harvest to come in. I'm never going to do to anybody else what I did to Noah's generation, although they deserve it. 
Because at the perfect moment, God steps in and God delivers all of humankind. About a year and a half ago, on the other side of the state of Georgia, there was a woman driving and her car broke down on a bridge that crosses over the Savannah River. Now, she had just enough time to pull her car to the side of the road, but it's stuck on the middle of the bridge. And motorists are going by her. She's got the four-way flashers on, but she can't figure out what's wrong with her car. Nobody seems to want to stop. They just cruise right by her. She continues to try to get her car to run. She continues to try to get it off of this bridge. This is a very dangerous situation, being stuck on the side of a bridge crossing over a major river. And then it gets worse because the car starts to smoke. And then the smoke turns into fire. And now motorists are actually speeding up and swerving out of her way because this woman's car is on fire and the doors are locked and she can't get out. And at that exact moment, December of 2021, a volunteer fireman is driving across the same bridge on his way to work with all of his gear with him, and he swerves to the side of the road at the last instant. A guy by the name of Luke Colney pulls over, smashes the back window, and pulls this woman out of her car as the car is completely engulfed in flames. This is a picture from his dash cam five seconds later. And this woman would have been burned alive on this bridge. This news spreads all across the world because you have a picture of this volunteer firefighter pulling a woman out of a burning car at the exact perfect moment, five seconds later, and she would be consumed alive. And the news is saying, it's the perfect coincidence. It's the perfect luck. It's the perfect chance. What the news doesn't realize is maybe God was sending this volunteer firefighter across the bridge to work at the perfect moment. And as this woman is crying out for dear life and other cars are speeding by as far away from her as possible, this fireman breaks out the back window and pulls this woman to rescue. And church, I really think this is what it feels like sometimes in our life. Everything is on fire around you. You are praying your guts out and you're hearing nothing. You're drowning in an ocean of problems and difficulties and you're begging God to step in and you're begging God to answer and it feels like he doesn't care. It feels like he doesn't know. You don't feel in your emotions like God is doing anything. But all the while, he's at work, and at the perfect moment, the moment that only God could orchestrate, he gives the answer, his answer to the prayer. You see, the real challenge from this sermon today is to trust God when you're not hearing the answer that you want to hear. It's to trust God when you're not hearing the answer when you want to hear it. In other words, the real challenge from this sermon today is to obey the first commandment, to have no other gods before him, to not 
take control and make the decisions in your life to let God take charge and, and have the ultimate say in what happens and how things turn out in your life. So here's my challenge to us today. We call them next steps around here. Will you trust? Will you trust Jesus? Even if you're not hearing the answer when you want to hear it. Will you trust Jesus if you're not hearing the answer that you want to hear from him? Will you still trust that everything in his hand is perfect? Maybe somebody in this room is realizing, I need to be rescued. I need to be rescued from me. I need to be rescued for the first time in my life. Maybe what you need is for Jesus to speak to a dead soul and make it alive for the first time today. I'm going to pray for us in just a second, and I want to challenge you right where you're We hope you enjoyed this message. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and to stay in touch by joining our email list through the link in the show notes. Have a great week.